0: We do have a new website, CarrieLloyd.live. Um, and you, if you want some coaching, you can go on the website there. Anything you want to, really. Anything that you need to. We could just cut that last bit out, Tyler. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Anyway. Come and stay a while amid the british charm that is called my brain i'm a journalist and pastor in california but don't hold that against me i wasn't brainwashed i chose to leave my atheism on my own accord consequently after two sips of kool-aid but that's for another time these opinions are my own most of the time the humor was learned of a book i found in a hedge and the dreamer in me while she's here to stay so you're very welcome my sweet friends how wonderful it is to be back here with you. Thank you so much for your messages last week and the week before where um, I had just spoken about, uh, do you trust yourself? Um, and I've been so grateful for the responses and the additional thoughts that um, have been coming your way. Um, and I've been meeting more of you. Some of you are coming up to me and meeting me for the first time saying that you're listening to the podcast. And, and that's so fun. So fun, because you have to understand, I'm currently sitting in a room all by myself um, sometimes people sit and watch me. But today I'm sitting by myself. Um, and I, I do feel like I'm speaking to a brick wall until someone comes up to me later on that, that week and says, I listen to it. I'm like, oh, good. I'm actually having a conversation with someone somewhere. So um, I do appreciate those moments. It's very it's, It makes, makes me feel like there's actually fruit coming from these podcasts. Um, I like to achieve and accomplish. So I don't like doing anything that might waste time without any kind of fruit. So thank you for your responses. Um, and we've just been getting ready to do um, a couple of writing retreats. Um, I'm speaking at a right, the Writers' Circle in Reading, California next weekend on the 10th. Um, I think you can go to the Writers' Circle on Instagram um, and see, see if there's any seats still available for that. And also I'm doing a writing retreat called The Sacred Expression, which is basically a sort of two-day course, and I'm inviting Teresa Archer from Darling Magazine, who is one of my favorites, if not my favorite, no, she is my favorite editor to work with. Um, she's a brilliant writer herself, um, but really knows what to look for in good writers, as I, I love how I've just included myself in that description, obviously. Um, and then we have Tanasha Ray, who is just a sensational spoken words um, artiste. Uh, but she also she also has a brilliant mind and incredible substance to her. So uh, I've, invi- I've invited both Teresa and Tanasha to come and just share their practicals, how they write, what their daily rituals are, what does it practically look like to get over yourself, to be vulnerable, as well as keep something to your own self at the end of the day, much like a podcast, to be honest with you. Um, So uh, we're doing that. Those spots have, uh, I think we filled out of those ones. Um, I have to ask the team on that one. We might have a bit of a waiting list if you want to uh, be on that, if we do have any cancellations. Um, But um, I do plan to do another one next year, for those who are asking and said that they're away. I do plan to do another one next year. If this is successful, if this one tanks, then obviously I'll be having to give back refunds and... (laughs) and uh, And writing apologetic letters, <laughs> saying, "Well, we tried, at least we tried so um one of the things I want to talk about today, or the thing I want to talk about today is uh, building trust with others and uh, as uh, Amanda and Stephanie Gretz were sound checking last night for a peace on earth uh, movement that Sean Foyt is doing for raising money for Iraq. I was sitting in the auditorium as I was sound checking and there's something really beautiful about when they sing and harmonize for each other. Stuff comes out of me just as I write. And so I thought I'd start off with a little piece, a little bit that I wrote um, to explain why do we want to build trust with others. I don't think it was something that I intentionally looked at doing I never grew up going how do I build trust with my friends and my parents you know it's not something I wake up in the morning and go right how how do I be intentional today about building trust well it's not really something that we realize is actually it's actually vital to do in our relationships it's one of the reasons why um we work so hard on sexual ethics is actually to build trust to build um a confidence and safety in each other And I wrote a few things down, I I basically said this, until you know how to fully trust another, you may never find true freedom. Until we choose to trust others, we will never discover how Christ felt, how Christ loved, how Christ sacrificed. Until we choose to let the other have freedom of choice, and I don't mean just in their actions, but our expectations for them, we will never fully love people. We base too often our conditions of love based on our needs being met. But my sweet ones, not once did I hear Christ talk about his expectations of the disciples on his relationships. He bases expectations on kingdom living. In the last few weeks, I've been exposed yet again to the judgment of Christians, a leader leader criticizing that this isn't an abstinent church, church, a bunch of Christians asking why some of our church members are dressing their children up in Halloween gear. And, and I would like to suggest that actually the enemy doesn't get to intimidate the fun of dress up anymore and that we could actually redefine Halloween and take out the sting of evil. I I watch them ask questions, not because they seek to understand, but because they're disappointed. And publicly humiliating or degrading a person's character because you don't agree with what they're doing actually won't build trust. And Obviously, I can start to feel a sort of reaction, go, I don't care to build trust with people that I don't agree with. Well, I hear them, I hear them say that, but... That's basically the best way to just start watching the world fail into disarray, into segregation, into a bottomless pit of arguments. And so we go back to this thing of uh, how do we build trust with others? Well, one of the things that I I think is very important, and it kind of goes in a little bit what I was talking about the other day uh, when I was talking about being single and dating, too often we might have feelings for someone whether it's a friendship, or a, um, uh, a relationship of some sort. And we have expectations. We look to see if they validate our feelings back. We're looking to see if they like us too. And too often I've seen in friendships, never mind in relationships, in friendships, people only have so much capacity. We don't all function on the same capacity. Um, we have very different code systems, how you were brought up, what you were experiencing in your upbringing what you were taught by other people around you what your culture's like will very much define how you build trust or as in some and many cases and not to trust anyone at all because they've been hurt before One of the reasons why I think it's very important to intentionally build trust all the time in your life is because I see too many times older people or even young people that have been really hurt by authority and leaders um, build up walls, refuse to trust the system or any system or trust any boss or any authoritative figure, including the police. And they're so nervous about putting their lives in anyone's hands again because they've been so hurt before. But the irony is, is that makes that person a very untrustworthy person. I'm not going to spend much time wanting to build trust with someone that is already trying to make an agenda against me or anyone else for that matter. And so this is a very fragile, very subtle thing that has to be dealt with with intentionality. Too many times in this day and age, we are looking to get our needs met Now, I understand it's important that we recognize what our needs are, that we make sure that they are fulfilled on some levels. Jason Vallotton did a fantastic 12-minute talk uh, the other day at the Leaders' Conference and was talking about King David and um, how he had a multitude of concubines and it wasn't a spirit of lust so much that sort of took over David, but the fact that he was supposed to be in battle, he was supposed to be loving war the, the way that he loves war, and for whatever reason, he's not out of battle like everyone else is. And so there's something about being victorious. There's something about being courageous and bold and, and daring in, that was wide in King David that wasn't getting met. And so therefore he sees Bathsheba and wants to take her on is the reason why he's not meeting those needs. I'm paraphrasing, of course, what Jason's saying, but it was a great reminder to me of recognizing one of the reasons why I started with trusting ourselves before talking about building trust with others is too often we're looking to trust ourselves by the trust of somebody else. Again, we could go back to codependency, but actually this is a slightly different angle. And of course, there's many there's many things that can break our trust. People talking behind our backs are not confronting us with the thing that they want to confront us with. Um, Unfortunately, the church is not void of um, speaking badly about each other, of slander, of gossip, of uh, talking about a wrongdoing that someone's done and they seem to think it's absolutely fine to come uh, uh, to me and complain to me about maybe a leader of my church or uh, questioning their ethics or questioning their choices and what they do. And for me, I actually don't. I, I instantly question whether I'd be able to build trust with this person because they're not actually confronting the person who has created whatever heinous crime this is, they're actually coming to someone else. To me, that says that's an act of cowardice. To me, that says you weren't bold enough, nor do you trust yourself enough in confrontation. So I think one of the first areas, how do we build trust? Well, one of the things is actually having a conversation with our friends, with our bosses, with people that we work for, with people that work for us. Um, I think sometimes we have a job um, expectation, we have a job uh, description, and um, what is expected of us in the workplace. But we never really have that when we go into friendship, and so sometimes it's a case of just general camaraderie. It's a, it's a lovely um, moment when you find someone that has the same sense of humour as you, and all of a sudden you feel like you have something in common. But then what happens when? that person that you have just got this wonderful affiliation with all of a sudden that just rocks your world in five minutes and you want them to be your new best friend. Well, what happens if they don't actually want to do the same thing? Well, this is where trust can actually break down before it's even built. An expectation of that person now has been made on them within that five-minute interaction to become friends, to respond to text messages, to respond to being contacted, to coming to dinner, to doing all these different things. And then all of a sudden that person that has been trying to reach out to this dynamic, wonderful, hilarious person at the party, it doesn't respond and doesn't actually want to perhaps engage in a relationship. Or they do interact occasionally, but not as much as the other person wants to. Well, then before you know it, I start to see this person being disappointed with the lack of reaction, being disappointed with the lack of response that they were hoping to get because they just had this wonderful time with each other. And I see this happen a lot. I see this happen a lot with girls and their friendships, the expectation that people um, have built on such small interaction, um, the labeling of best friends. Well, my best friend wouldn't do this. My other friends wouldn't do this. But actually, there was never any conversation between both parties to say, oh, yeah, I'm happy to meet those expectations and I think it's not until we've had these conversations of like hey what can I expect from this friendship and what should I not expect how do you work how do you function and I'm just going to accept you how how you are now some people I can instantly feel people wanting to argue with me on that one (laughs) because that means well, what if they've just been really mean or really inappropriate that, that that's fine I mean that that's absolutely a real thing to confront and it doesn't mean that we allow people just walk all over us But building trust with people is really about recognizing different people's code systems and respecting the fact that they have different code systems. It actually brings a huge amount of freedom to you because you're not disappointed all of a sudden. You're not judging um, someone's worth or value towards you based on actions that they're doing. Having said that, let's say that you both come into a friendship and you're both establishing a relationship, a friendship, whatever it looks like, a working relationship. And you're going through the motions of just doing life with each other. And all of a sudden, um, you hit a hurdle. And one of them could be that someone said that they would do something and they haven't followed through. Well, this is one of the finest ways of breaking trust. And um, they're all repairable. But they're not repairable if two things happen. One is they're never confronted by the other person or two there are assumptions made that was never given any kind of form of questioning so sometimes we can make mistakes and we don't even realize we've made mistakes it's up to the other person to come and tell us if we did something to hurt them it's not our our position or our responsibility to start reading somebody's mind <laughs> that's an obvious that's an obvious statement but too often people even in friendships for a long time they they expect the other person to understand or know or even have the capacity or headspace to recognize when someone's been offended. Sometimes we're a bit clueless. Sometimes we're so focused on our own journey or our own life that we haven't had the chance to recognize that you're hurting. So you have to come forward to us really and talk to us about that. I want to know that I can build friendship with someone who can be honest with me, but if I see them complaining about another person or slandering another person or just being pretty negative towards another person's character, and I'll ask, did you talk to them about that? And they'll go, Mm, well, I didn't really feel like it was a good time. I didn't really feel like well, it was a good time talking about it to me, apparently. And and I was having a nice cup of coffee until this moment where I'm now questioning your honesty with other people. Well, I, didn't, I didn't want to rock the boat. I don't think she can emotionally handle it. Well, if that's the case, and you shouldn't bring it up and shouldn't complain about it to other people. If you're going to not confront it with the other person, then you shouldn't be bringing it up to other people and you let it let go and you continue to treat them the same way that you treated them before you were offended. If, however, they have offended you and you can feel yourself pulling back or feeling a bit resentful or feeling a bit bitter or just feeling a little bit outcast by the other person but you haven't confronted, well, now you're ripping them off and now you're being strange. And not actually being honest to the hurt. And what I notice an awful lot of times, some of the times where I build the most trust, is where my friends do come to me and say, hey, I was hurt in this moment. And I can clarify, or I can explain, or I can communicate what my real heart was. I'm so grateful that my friend comes to me first before making a thousand assumptions as as to how I might be feeling about them now. So sometimes it's very difficult to have a friendship with someone that has more expectations towards you than you actually have the capacity for. And I did once upon a time have a conversation with a friend, a really sweet friend, <clears throat> that was more of an acquaintance. But they wanted a little bit more from me. And I didn't really have the bandwidth to give that much more. Um, I gave what I could um, but I had my crew and I can only have so many people in my life before that becomes very shallow and surface-leaded. And um, and not really surface-leaded, that didn't make any sense, but let's go with it anyway. Um, and it, it didn't, for me, there has to be a mutual appreciation of each other. I also remember back in the day, someone complaining about how um, they were wanting to be invited to things by me. Um but this was all complained to somebody else. This wasn't to me and this other person told me. And I, I wish I hadn't known about it because it actually really hurt my heart. And I didn't um ever get confronted by that person um with their real feelings. But they had said something like, Oh, I'm not cool enough for Carrie. And, you know, now I'm, you know, obviously I need to be in Bethel Music or I need to be in and it was quite a succinct um unknown piece of information. For me, I thought, gosh, that makes me feel so unknown and so sad that I'd be accused of only having cool friends. She obviously hadn't met enough of my friends because not all of them are cool, and they're quite happy to admit that. But one of the things that I would say about my friendships is that they actually bring a huge amount of joy, and much of my trust is built on laughter. It's not on being serious and processing and making sure we we fit everyone's um, desires and needs. Sometimes it's that. But the actual building of trust comes with a huge amount of joy and a lot of lightness. Um, It comes from taking responsibility for my own reactions towards somebody else. Um, So if I have been hurt by someone, notice that I'm talking an awful lot about when we're hurt because trust isn't normally lost until hurt takes place. And so it's in the moments of hurt, how we respond to hurt, that is the most crucial. I don't have a huge amount of time for people that when I do come and sort of have this sort of gentle confrontation about some kind of behavior and they shut down um, or are completely unteachable or aren't willing to listen to another point of view, that that, that's not going to build trust with that person. And so that's okay. I'm going to still love them, but I probably won't have them as my closest set of friends. Um, and it doesn't mean to say that everyone is built to be confrontational. Um, I would say you can get very aggressive and there are very aggressive confrontational people that are very unnecessary for the planet (laughs) and uh, really does break down even more trust. It doesn't make us feel like we can be safe to come to you if, um, if you're being a little too aggressive. And I would say this when I didn't trust anyone at all, I was very aggressive in the sense of very confrontational. I had to expose every elephant in the room. And I had to, honesty, was not just policy. It was let's bulldoze somebody else's emotions and feelings. And I'm certainly not proud of those days. Um, I've certainly changed. And that's been down to the fact that I've been modeled how to to navigate um, confronting pain and hurt. My closest friends are very good at not leaving too much time between when they might have been hurt by me to when they allow me to come and have a conversation with them. Um, I think what's really beautiful is this lovely rapport that gets that gets built in these moments. It's terrifying because you're like, will I lose you as a friend? Is this it now? Um or can we be honest with each other and you know that I love you in this and that I'm on your side, I'm not against you. I haven't built a case against you like some people do when they've lost trust or they've built a huge amount of expectations on someone that they could never provide. I really actually thoroughly enjoy these conversations because <clears throat> something really powerful takes place and we build more and more trust based on those moments of tension and conflict. Um, and I would say I don't have a huge amount of conflict in my life. The only times I actually have more conflict than at any other time in, with people is when they don't know me. <laughs> and that's the importance of building trust. And so when I meet a stranger, when I experience just one interaction with them, instead of making a judgment call, it's very easy for us to judge people that we don't know. Do you notice how often, how graceful and mercious we are towards people that we really know? and how much more loving and how much more understanding we are to their point of view when we know them. So I would say to people in the church who are just joining a new church or are just creating a new team or inviting new people into their space, recognize that that is probably one of the most fragile times to build trust. It's one of the most fragile times that could ricochet an entire conflict overnight because they don't know you and they haven't spent any time to know you yet. They're just watching you. And so you will. I will notice people that diligently are trying not to trust people because they're looking to build cases against each other. Um, I see it with women towards men um, when they've been very hurt by men in the past. You'll see them be a bit edgy or bit or be actually pretty hopeless towards that guy. Well, how many of you understand that if they come across like that towards the men, well, they're not going. The men are going to want to come forward and redeem that. They're not going to want to come forward and, and be loving or tender towards you because you've already stated that you don't have much time to build trust towards men. So you understand my point here? My message is we have to come out with an intentionality towards how do I build trust with you? Every single relationship that I start with, um, every new friendship, every new team that I build, I have to figure out ways of how do I build trust with you? And sometimes we actually have conversations with it. Hey, what are your needs that you need in this? I've chosen to be your boss for this year. You've chosen to serve me for a year. So what does it look like for you to get the very best out of this year? What does it look like for you to feel like I believe in you? How are we going to do it when you mess up? And one of the things that I found, and I hope my team don't mind me mentioning this. um, I'll check before we air this. But I... One of the things I I really value about my my team and every year this is taking place in the most part um, um, is they want so hard to do a good job. They want to try so beautifully beyond their capacity to do everything for me. And they are so scared of getting it wrong. One of the things that I, and it's based on, obviously, honor and respect, but it's also based on potentially getting fired or the fear of not graduating or the fear of letting letting the rest of the team down, never mind me. What I do say to them is, please, please understand that I actually want to, I want you to drop the ball occasionally. And you should see their faces when I say this because they they actually want to ask a thousand questions before carrying out a job, and I'm like, "You know all these answers, sweetheart it's inside of you. why do you why 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 did none of this stuff get done? Well, we had so many questions- I get it, but you see here's the deal: I like things getting done, and I guess one of the ways of building trust for me is i don't have to chase you for these things and um they're like totally, oh, I hate the fact that you had to chase me for that." Okay, so so how how can we work on this one? Well, I think I need to work out what helps you to feel covered and you've been given enough information so you don't feel like you have to wait on me. And secondly, I actually want you to be, or I want you to try things out. I want you to risk things. I want you to try answering some of those questions so you can trust yourself with me. But also, it gives me a perfect opportunity that if you do make a mistake or do drop the ball, there's going to be two actions from me. One is... We'll talk about it and go, oh, never mind. You did your best. What did we learn from this? And the second part is, if it's involving a mistake towards other people outside the team, um, and they're worried that they've misrepresented me on some level, I will make sure that I'm the one covering the mistake. I will not point to you and go, it's their fault, sorry. I'll be the one that covers you. Because I want you to know what it looks like to have someone that fully believes in you. Because there is an amazing... um I just can't tell you the difference between building leaders when you believe in them versus waiting to see if you can trust them. If you feel like your boss, your boyfriend or girlfriend, your friend is looking at you through the side of their eyes all the time, waiting to see when you mess up, waiting to see if you fit the bill, well, how many of you understand you can never be fully yourself? And also, it doesn't really give this freedom of being ourselves waiting to, it's almost based on a sense of pleasing another person, never never a mutual agreement. And so, of course, I look back to Christ and I look about how he trusted people. Of course, so much of this was based on the fact that he trusted himself so much, he didn't have to have a bunch of um, bullet points listed. He didn't have to have a ton of things explained to him or validated for him in action indeed before he became friends with them. The disciples themselves, he knew they were going to make mistakes, but he still chose to love them unconditionally. He still met them where they were at. He didn't berate them, but he would say, hey, you're going to deny me. And hey, I'm going to be betrayed. But you still get to sit around this table and have dinner with me. And so even, oh, this is why I get emotional, and this is what moves me so much as a Christian and why I wish we as Christians could do this better. But instead of seeing a bunch of Christians berate each other because they're not doing something that they expect them to do theologically or based on their own expectations of what a Christian should look like. I watched them berate, I watched them put walls up, I watched them fire attacks at each other and they seem to think that's okay because it's based on the gospel. But I would say that's, that's the one thing that's alienating people from being saved in the first place. If I look at our Lord... I look at him having conversations. I look at how he sees and understands why someone did something hurtful towards themselves, never mind towards another person. And he'll sit down, he'll go for that. He'll never criticize the sin so much. He'll recognize the thing. But he's looking at what is the stuff in you that you're wanting to satiate with yourself by short-term fixes and bad decisions. Well, the reality is, you actually just the same for the woman at the well. No, you just—you were looking to get satisfied by men, but you weren't getting satisfied. You will never get satisfied by them. This is what will satisfy you, living water. And I can tell you how you can find it. There is a building of trust. There is a coming forward. When everyone else had the walls up, I will want to come forward and try and still build trust with you, still believe in you, even when everyone else stopped believing in you. When I've been hurt by you, I hope and I pray that I come to you before I've made a thousand assumptions. I hope that I have handled my reaction so that I can come and talk to you and understand you rather than say, this is how I felt and this is, my heart needs a voice. That doesn't work. I want you to come to me and I want to be able to come to you. I want you to be able to deal with the fact that you might've caused me pain but it's all, But don't hide away from me, don't run away because you know you've caused me pain. Come forward, Be a, be a man, be a woman. Come forward and have a conversation with me about it because that builds trust. Equally, there are people that take on too much responsibility for the other person's feelings. Sometimes a girl might have expressed how she felt towards somebody else and all of a sudden he backs away completely, barely in touch, barely communicates, not half as much as he used to. And it was all fine until she communicated how she felt. Well, you shouldn't have to change how you feel if she can actually take care of herself and trust herself and take ownership of her feelings. But it, it can be pretty disheartening when a girl has been honest towards a guy and he pulls away because he thinks that she can't handle him anymore. Well, the reality is she just wanted to be honest, but she still wanted to stay friends. And she can manage herself, if she's being honest and truthful to herself, to still be friends with you. And she can she can navigate, okay, he's not interested in me, that's Okay. I hope we can still be friends. But it takes a rare few to be able to stay friends with people. So just a few pointers. Don't say you'll do something and then not follow it through. Don't say you'll call someone and then not call them. (laughs) Don't carry out a promise that you can't keep and make sure it's as subtle as, oh yeah, I'll fix that tap next Wednesday. If you're not fixing the tap next Wednesday, don't say that you're gonna fix the tap next Wednesday. It's all about the subtle moments that can build and build on trust. Secondly, don't have huge expectations of somebody else that they didn't say yes to. If they did say yes to it and didn't follow through, it's a different conversation. But make sure that if you are having these expectations, that they are mutual or that they've been agreed to on some kind of level. Thirdly, always make sure that if you've been caused any pain by somebody else, that you... Um, Take it straight to the lawn. Ask why it's hurt so much. Take ownership of the offense that we might have picked up, but equally get ready to ask questions so that you can understand why the other person did what they did. Now, if the other person's in a relationship with you and wants to build rapport with you and trust with you, they're going to be able to handle what you feed them back. They're going to be able to listen to what you have to say. If this is the next point, if someone, if you've hurt someone and you know they're in pain, then work very hard on not pulling away from them because it's your own problem or you feel so bad about it. Work very hard on coming forward towards them so that they feel they can build trust with you even in the pain. Don't premeditate how they might respond or how angry they might be. And if they are angry and you've done something wrong, then let them have it for a moment. Just sit in it. Let them build trust with you again. Let them know that you're actually approachable enough when they, you know you've let them down. Part of um, um, my heart here as a pastor in this environment is always to believe in people more than they believe in themselves until there's a pivot point where they start to believe in who they are and they can start to trust who they are. It can't reside on my belief on them for the rest of their lives because that's obviously not a functional way of being. But it's a great way to build and and strengthen people. And I feel the same way as with trust. Even when I have... um, Uh, a new job or a new role made in in where I'm working right now, my heart to understand what is expected of me is a big part of me learning how to build trust with them. And sometimes it's very disconcerting when they're like, just be you. (laughs) And I'm like, do I have any measurements or anything that I can use as a goal, as a guideline that would help me? Because who knows what that could mean or what that could potentially do. So make sure that you've clarified if you want to. Communicate where you need to confront how you need to but always do it with gentleness and kindness do it with belief do it with a heart that i want to build trust with pers- with a person if i am going to confront someone after any kind of hurt and pain then i'm going to do it with a sense of gentleness and a sense that i love you and i don't want to lose this with you <laughs> so is there any way that we can come to a compromise or an understanding of each other I've never really had um, these kind of conversations of confrontation um, that have ended badly. I've never really had it where the, when I'm dealing with friends and people that I'm very dear to in my life, I get the beautiful um, opportunity of just building more of a history with each other because we've gone through something. So I guess all of this to say... If you're struggling with trusting other people, then I personally would take full ownership of why you're struggling to trust other people, especially when they've done nothing to cause that disclaimer. I would strongly go back to the first episode I did about trusting yourself and looking at any of the wounds that have caused you to not trust others. That goes for women who are constantly saying there are no good men in the church. Not true. That goes for women who have been, who have um, faced a lot of abuse or, um, Poor leadership from men before in the past. That goes to people in the industry who are saying that all all men are sexual harassers, not true. Know when your own triggers, your own mistrust comes from your own experience and bad history of, and it could be repetitive history, that has quite rightly given you a back catalogue of evidence to suggest why you wouldn't want to hurt to trust someone in the future. But that doesn't mean to say that the other person that's just come into your life gets robbed of the opportunity of being believed in. And it's completely unfair for anyone new that you've only just known the name of to be given the same accusation, same assumption that that was really required only for the person that carried out the the harmful crime in the first place. I'm really tired of seeing Christians waiting to look for reasons so then they can start trusting people. It's our duty to trust people before they've actually given us a whole load of reasons to trust them Now don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting we hand over our heart that's a different that's a different ball game. Handing our heart over on a silver platter when you've only just known their name is a very, very different thing and it shows that we don't really value our worth and, and how we like to be respected or treated. But it is very important to recognize that there is a graceful period at the beginning that should not require expectations of the other person, that should really just rest on an enjoyment of each other, of a joy of each other. And how you interact with another person will truly give subliminal messages to the person who's watching you as to whether you're a trustworthy person. If you gossip, slander, take immediate offense to a lot of other people's actions and never confront those people with their actions, then don't expect many people to trust you. And don't expect much favor or um, doors of opportunity to open because you've already told the world that you're not actually that trustworthy yourself. If you're not willing to trust other people, then why should we trust you? <laughs> so taking some ownership about our own hearts that have, could have caused the reasons for um, mistrust today, then that must be resolved before you even start going on a journey of building trust with other people. Um, because then it makes it makes a clear line between triggers and current offences or a current misdemeanor that no one actually meant to do on purpose. And my mother, my sweet mother once said, no one ever really means to hurt somebody else. Sometimes it's just the ignorance of the whole thing. But if we're not careful, our choice of taking offense from that moment will break down trust. And we won't get to see this beautiful opportunity of perseverance with somebody else. And there is something about building character, something about perseverance, that if I persevere with one person to build trust with them, the most amazing dynamic comes out of it. The most amazing fruit comes from these moments of friction that creates a greater bond, a greater sense of history. And you wouldn't believe what happens when you build that kind of trust with intention towards your loved ones, your spouses, um, the people that you've done life with. The fruit that comes from community like that is the most astonishing thing I've ever seen. Just as a tail end on this, I have also dealt with Much bigger uh, topics for counselling, such as, let's say, we take a married couple, one person's had an affair, the other person uh, is riddled with hurt and rejection and betrayal. What do they do when something that of that kind of magnitude is taking place? How on earth do they build trust after that? I've been the recipient of um, infidelity, and. I never really discovered the opportunity of what it looked like to build back trust with that person ever again. Instead, I was just finding more and more cases to back up the reasons why I shouldn't trust them again. Instead of finding the reasons why I can trust them again. Now, this does take a, a matter of two people to build trust, including the person that betrayed one of the reasons why I found it so hard to build that trust was that communication was so low and there was no intentionality of trying to build that trust. It was just like, oh, I hope she, hope she trusts me again one day. Um, and even if they could have completely changed their behavior with women, they could have completely changed some boundaries or, or just practicals that might have looked like they were trying to build trust. There was no communication or of intentionality. So if something happened with a woman, um, or she was inappropriate in front of me and him, um, I instantly thought something was going on. I became horribly paranoid, very insecure. And distrust really brings out the most ugly side of you. Um, so one of the things that I, I I would say in that kind of case scenario is if someone has done that kind of betrayal, it's up to the person to go, okay, so how do I build trust? Now, trust doesn't look like me shutting down any all communication with every single person I ever meet just so you feel safe. It looks like building on tiny steps. It looks like me affirming you in moments that you need affirming. It looks like me affirming you when you're not expecting me to affirm you. It looks like me taking small steps of different practical ways of showing, like, hey, you're my exclusive, you're my priority, you're my focal point on building trust again. And as these little baby steps come, hopefully as she or he is going through a journey of building back the trust that was, that that just ripped the winds completely out of their sails, just swiped it in one blow. It's very difficult to be able to mend that without communication, without an intentional heart to go after building trust. The other thing I was going to say is um, if, for example, on a betrayal or infidelity, the hardest part is often not normally the affair itself, but how it was discovered. If it was found out not through him or her, but through some other random source, that is a big part of how do we build that trust where I feel... You can come to me. No matter what mistake you've made, you come to me first so I don't feel like the whole world knows more about my relationship than I do. So it sometimes takes mediation. It sometimes takes more than two people. In fact, I strongly suggest... That if you are in a a situation where you've been deeply betrayed by someone and you've completely lost your trust overnight, this is going to take more than just two people to fix it. It might take more. It might take a church leadership. It might take a counsellor, a therapist to sit down and go, what do you both need to build that trust? It takes ownership. It takes a lot of courage for the person that's being betrayed to go, what can I do to make this better? Because the last thing you want to do is work any more on a relationship that you just felt betrayed by. But it's absolutely essential. As part of the body of Christ, and I'll finish on this, until we choose to trust the intentions of another person's heart, there will always be segregation, there will always be division, and we will always be riding on what is right and what is wrong, rather than, how do I build trust with you, even if we disagree? How do I build a sense of respect for each other, even if we have a different basis of how to do certain things. doesn't mean to say that we're going to be the best of buddies. But what I would say is if we could take away the slander and start actually taking ownership of our reactions to things, it's probably one of the finest first steps to building trust. I'm done. I'm done with seeing the church be so unsafe for people to be able to process their sin, their pain, their misdemeanors, their inappropriateness purely based on the fact that it causes us as a church pain. We need to come forward, we need to step forward. When it deals with dating and building trust in dating, always value the other person regardless of whether they're not going to be your spouse or not. Make sure you're actually thinking about how to honor the other person, how to build trust with that person, even if that person is not giving the expectations that you wanted out of that relationship. And finally, my friends... And this is a tough one probably for me to share, but I'm going to share it anyway. Paranoia is probably one of the biggest um, debilitating thought processes that breaks trust. A lot of the time I've seen trust broken purely based on paranoia, assumptions that were made based on paranoia. So ask more questions, reach out when you don't want to reach out, and be brave. Because if you can be brave, if you can let perseverance take its course, you will see the most dynamic sense of freedom in not just your own friendships, relationships, but in the workplace, as an employer, as an employee. I promise you this, if you make an intentional move to build trust from the other people, And also be honest about when you can't meet expectations. Then my word, you get to have a joyful ride and it gets a little bit more exciting and a little less intense and a little less, oh, let's process this just one more time. Let people do their own free will. Love them where you can. Allow them to love you when they want to. And let the rest just flow just as beautifully as the Holy Spirit does. Thanks for listening. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Carry On podcast. If you want to find out any more information, if you're interested in coaching with Carrie, if you're interested with... Why am I speaking in my third person? That feels really weird. Tyler, why are we speaking in a third person? I don't think I should be speaking in a third person. If you want coaching from me, if you want me to speak at your space, wherever your space is, um, then you can go on to carryloyd.live and book a little contact form in there. Um, and also we are doing a writing retreat on the 15th and 16th of November in Redding, California. Uh, spaces are very limited, very, very, very limited. And we're talking 15 to 20 people. Um, but we have some lovely speakers like Teresa Archer and Tanasha Leray. And uh, they will be speaking with me um, in a tiny, cute little cottage where we will talk about methods, the practicals, publishing, behind the scenes of publishing, magazine writing, and all the different forums of writing that you can find. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you can also go to carryloyd.live That's the brand new website that my beautiful team have just created. And goodness me, they've done a good job. Uh, so here's to my team. And uh, keep us posted. Get in touch. We like talking to you. We really do. We're not just saying that. I promise you that.